No, this is exact. It's so funny. I'm not laughing yet, so go ahead. Let no. me hear the funny. <laughs> no, it's you bring up a topic. It's serendipitous because you just said something, and my brain just lights up. Where I'm like, God, I see that all the time in in people's body types and the way they move, and I'm right. like, how come they're so rigid? Right. And how come this person... And you've kind of alluded to this in the past when you've said things like, you've had students who have said, it got me thinking, because you said you've had students who, you've just been like, what sport did you play? And they're like, well, I played this. And you're like, oh, okay. That explains why you can't, you're, the movement in that sport is different, and therefore it's causing you to not be fluid in your movement on... In tennis, right? It's causing right, and they've done so much of that one sport mm-hmm. that they're actually not able to translate because their brain is so wired towards whatever they've been doing for or, so long, or they've done so much of no sport. <laughs> That's another one too. That's another one, right? R- right, but there's this thing of movement where we all have now we have different size muscles and joints and bones. But we all have the same hardware. Yeah. We all are capable of making those movements to a greater degree. I mean, they're not, maybe not as well, <laughs> but we're all capable. Right. A ballet dancer is a lot more fluid than me. <laughs> yeah. And graceful. I'll, yeah. Okay. But yeah, let's use the word. Is that what we're alluding to? Is like fluid. grace, fluidity. fluidity and grace. Fluidity and Flu- grace. Okay. Fluidity and grace. Yeah. And no, I, so. It's just, uh, <clears throat> I was looking over, there's a guy who comes to this club that we go to, and he, my kids have played with him, actually, and then he brought his daughter, he started bringing his daughter, but his daughter, um, she just, it's very obvious, you know, because I was like, hey, I was like, hey, Jeff, so is that your daughter? And he's like, yeah, and and he's like, kind of muted about it, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, she's such a disappointment, because she's not, she's not this tennis a very fluid tennis whatever and um and i was like she she looks she looks stiff yeah she doesn't look like it right it's funny is hold on you're right you can the minute you see somebody that's a tennis player you're like oh look look the way they move all tennis players know tennis players uh that didn't like that actually put a lot of time into it right there's different there's different levels because you can see tennis players who've put a lot of effort into it but they don't have that grace and fluidity of of movement within the arm and the shoulder and the chest when they make a stroke. You know, they don't have that grace and fluidity with their legs when they move. They're they're just a little. There's just a little something that's just like it's forced. You know, it's oh, it's a forced. Yeah, all right. it's a forced movement. Like I, I'm gonna. It's it's almost like you know when you've had an injury and you overcompensate because you're the the part the, that part of the body has to heal, so you kind so, of so they're walking injured, <laughs> their, their their bodies are wired for injury. So hot. So this dad, so, and I get it, you know, and that's what people have to get over. Also, just well, he loves tennis, so that's probably why he had the reaction. No, but sidebar that we should not be embarrassed about ourselves because our kids are struggling with something because. We have we all have different. Or he could have been embarrassed with his kid that, geez, but, here I am on the tennis court all the time, and my own kid, you know, is not there. 
not there, not oh, I see what you're not saying. just not there on the tennis court. Oh, but it's, also, it's a failure in his on his part. Yeah, maybe that you know. Okay, so she's and not- a disappointment that she isn't at the level that she could have been at her age, right? So she's probably a 12, 13, 14-year-old girl, somewhere in that range, you know? I could By the height, I could judge maybe, but um, I, I just got that sense. And, sure, I, could be, and sure. I could be totally wrong. I mean, he No, could, you're pretty good at reading people. I would say that's probably... And I've seen that before also, where a dad or a mom is working with their kid that's a little less um, coordinated, let's just say, or they haven't their brain body hasn't connected yet. Let's say it that way. And you can tell they're always looking if people are watching or they start getting flustered. If their child is shanking balls and then they're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean that to go in your court. And they're getting like, Oh, just, just pick up. Let's just pick up. And they're like, why can't you get this? Why can't you get this? And you can see the frustration. And I think disappointment is another one too, because you do feel a little less than, especially if there's a parent that's like, look at my kid and how great they are. You know why they're great? Because I'm great. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of opens up the door a little bit. So I appreciate you saying that because uh, <clears throat> I think that that, so I was the parent next door. Now I wasn't, I, I didn't think I was coming off like that because I, I, I'm just so focused on the kids, my kids. But I was thinking the reason why I wanted to bring this up too is the I wanted to address the as I often do the internal feelings that that kid must be feeling because and that's really the hardest part. So you have to I think if you're going to do this, you have to be extra careful, extra careful. And and I hope you don't uh, think I'm you know intervening and not letting them explore, but. I think you have to be extra careful because I think, you know, especially if you bring a kid in who's in their teens, they're already kind of the hormones are going and they're kind of like all over the map. And now you're hyper aware, you know, of, of how people are may, may people may not be paying attention, but in their mind, they're aware of the difference between them and somebody else. And in their mind, and I, and I've done this, you know, I'm sure you have too. You start creating, creating stories that aren't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fat like, Pat growing up. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying, like, I'm saying like they, I was that kid. They're making, what I'm saying is they're making stories. Like even if the other kids or other people aren't going like this and going <laughs> in their head, even if those people are busy playing, they're thinking <laughs> these looks terrible. And and that's, you gotta be, I think you gotta be so careful. Some people probably say, that's not gonna happen. Listen, I was a teenager once, and I can tell you, it happened to me on a multiple, it happened in, to, multiple, it, multiple ways. It happens, it happened to me. Right. You can't, listen, if all my friends are super skinny and buff, and I'm the chubby kid, right. you don't think I noticed, noticed that? <laughs> or, or, more, or more importantly, your friends, and when you tried to do something, Right, and you failed at it. Or maybe you didn't fail at it, but you were very awkward at it, and your other friends were, you know, and and it's also, and we think that today people's attention spans are short. Yesterday, when we were growing up, people's, people's patience was low. Now people's patience has to be incredibly low, like your friend's patience. Like, come on, dude. They're checking. They're like, look, this dude did it on the video. Can't you see? What's the matter with you? You've had the video for like two months. You haven't even looked at it. See, he could do it. You know, whereas 
you know, when we were growing up yesterday, it was like, it was like, come on, you're a chicken. You could do it up. Oh, look at yeah, you. But I'm gonna, I, ridiculous. But I, I do have to stop you there though, because teenagers are not what they used to be. Yeah, you're, 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 you've been out of the, Oh, not as mean. Yeah. No, but I'll tell you why though. Cause there was such a push correctly on inclusion, on mindfulness, on bullying. I mean, I'm going to oh, tell yeah. you, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of, none of that really goes on to that level that I've ever seen in 20 years. I'm going to tell you right now. Of tennis. At least in, in, in your world. At a, right now, I'm not saying at school or, or in their I'm just telling you as far yeah. as what I've seen. Right. And that also could be the environment that I set. I'm not sure. Right. But for the most part, a lot of them. I'm not sure. That's are, pretty but funny. they're not like that because I'll be honest, I think they're actually more insular and self-absorbed. Yeah. Actually. That could be. <laughs> I think they're I'll give you that. I'll yes, give you that. I think but that's I also what I'm think it's, to say. I also think it's the environment you set. Like this okay. is a no BS environment. Like I'm not going to tolerate. Like if, if somebody was doing that, what would you do? Oh, I'd pull them aside and be like, dude, you're out. You, you can't be here. Right, right. You, this is not tolerated. Go home, <laughs> or whatever. Right. right, right. Yes. Okay. Right. But, but you're as you're, opposed to hold on. As opposed to just for people who might who might be younger listening to this. <laughs> when we were growing up yesterday, it was just like it uh, was. It, now it was the reverse. The coach and the 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 teacher, or whatever, was self absorbed. <laughs> they were they were like whatever. I don't really. Maybe it's good for him. <laughs> I don't know. No, no. no actually, the coach, the coach would like pick on you, and then the, and <laughs> then the class would pick on you. Yeah, that's true. And then you'd be like, and then your parent would be like, "See, Bobby, right. everyone's picking on you. Right. Just get it down." And you're right. like, "Oh." That's because we. That's because back then they thought that uh, sh- massive shaming, massive shaming, and uh, I don't know, browbeating. Shaming would, and browbeating was the would method. Self-correct would correct <laughs> you. Would bend that metal back into its proper form. <laughs> what, wait, that, like, that sounds like my mom. <laughs> that sounds like Fran Sullivan. <laughs> I channeled her. I'm here for you, Patrick. Oh, no. Work, work, work. <laughs> uh, Irish uh, raising, child raising. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, Pat, I told you. I told you to use good table manners, Pat. Oh, my God. Was, <laughs> so, oh, my God. But, 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 but I... I brought it up because, you know, I, I felt a little bad for her, um, because I feel in, and I looked over at her, I didn't stare, but I felt bad for her. And I felt like, and he, and actually he, he's a very like gentle, supportive guy. So he's very, he's just the right guy to do this with his own daughter. But it's just interesting to me because I've seen this before. I see it. You've probably seen it a million times, you know, and you just alluded to the example when we started of the parent who's like, wow, this, this just looks horrible. Like then the parent is reflecting or interpreting what people over on the, like, in other words, the parent is not even capable. Some parents are not even capable of isolating themselves. Even if there's somebody on the court next to them and being like, I don't care if anybody's laughing. I don't care. They're not, but I don't even care. I don't care. I don't care. This is what I'm here to do. And and we're going to make mistakes. And this is where we're at. And I have even when I've, when I've, and I've occasionally had people next to me, my kids, you know, they're practicing like crazy and doing their thing. And I've had high schoolers or college guys kind of snicker occasionally or whatever, and not too many, but I've had it happen. And I, I, I go on the war path because my kids can sense that, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't tolerate it. 
you know what I mean? I, I I'll pull somebody aside and be like, Hey, you know what? You were there. T- you were there once too. So I think you need to get a check here. So you have two things you, I think that are happening here. They're both have to do. I think you're alluding to this. And I think we're still on the same topic as far as fluidity, but let's get there. Yeah. Fluidity and rigidity and internal dialogue, the internal monologue. Right. And the reason why I brought up the internal dialogue is because I believe that if it's not carefully managed, it will impede the development of fluidity. Oh. Right. It, it, yeah. it has a yeah. very pronounced effect on fluidity. And once you start to feel free and fluid, you embrace you embrace playing the sport, I believe, from a tennis perspective. I believe you embrace playing the sport more so than you do if you're a hacker, right? If you're just, if you've got rigid movements and you're just, you're hacking and, because when you're a hacker, when, when, you're, when you're fluid, right? You tell me, you're the guy who coaches so many people for so many years. When, but for me, for being a player and coaching my own kids, when you feel that fluidity, even if you're hitting the net or whatever, you know you're on to something. You know you're on to something. Oh, yeah. And you're and close to what you wanted to do. It, 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 it's like the precursor to actually hitting it right versus being, a, being rigid. <clears throat> and it, it, it alludes to some of that example you said when you were in your double session and you said somebody, t- somebody takes some huge celebration over like, whacking a ball that they and making a shot they could have made they could not have made again in a million years right but that was just a hack it hits the handle it spins off <laughs> right. it goes around everybody's head and then it hits the top of the net holds for a second everyone went <gasps> and it falls over so it's a great shot oh my like, god that was a, that was amazing I mean, look at that shot that was <laughs> i mean that's her signature shot i mean that's fantastic can you do that one again in the next set yeah right and and so what i what I suspect, but I don't know to be true, is that that fluidity tells you it's like a sign from the universe. You're onto something. Hey, you're onto something. Because here. it feels because it feels right. It feels right. You're onto something. Versus when you're standing there and you're just like, you know, you're you're clunky and you're kind of clapping at the ball, for lack of a better phrase. And so, um, but because we're feeling human beings. Um, you know, and I think this is what you have to be so careful of as a coach. You know, people, I think if we can approach these feelings and this stuff right away and acknowledge it, we could get quicker to fluidity. I think that's really my, my, my hypothesis here. So when you, let's go back to internal dialogue for one second, which in tennis rockers time is like 45 minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> internal dialogue would start with, Let's go from the teenager's perspective that they're out there, they're a little bit older, and their parent is working with them. Right. And, they, and they are self-aware, and they're self-conscious. Right. But just go with that kind of player. Because right. some aren't. And they look over, and they're... So hold on, I have, to say, I have to stop you in that wedge. They're going out there, they're in tennis shoes. Shoes they never wear. So they feel a little weird, a it, little uncomfortable. That's a good point, yes. They're in... Maybe shorts they don't wear, I don't know, whatever. But they're holding a racket, which they don't. They hold a cell phone more. <laughs> they hold a glass of water more. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Isn't that true? They hold a glass of water more. They, or whatever. Whatever it is, they hold a, a drink more. Right, so it feels... Did you ever hold... You, 
Hit, hit it, hit that clap. I Which mean, yellow button, the yellow. Oh, yeah, that one. Okay. It's kind of early for that, but okay. No, no. I just, boom, ready? You ever get a, a new haircut that you've never had before? And you're wondering, like, are people going to judge me for this haircut? <laughs> you know, or I remember when I first got my, uh, I used to have two earrings. I have one now. And... And not because I didn't like the two. It's because I lost one. It came out in the ocean, and I just was like, and then it like closed up on me. But I remember when I first got my ears pierced, and I was, I was older, right? I always got my tattoos when I was older. I was always about, don't do something when you're too young, because I don't know if I want the bear symbol on my arm <laughs> when I'm 45, because I'm a big football fan, right? Bad call or SpongeBob. It's it's SpongeBob. How do you get SpongeBob? It's really funny. You don't want a uh, permanent reminder of a temporary feeling. Yes. Mm. So again, you sp you put it in such a better way than I do. Oh, but I remember when I first got them, and it, I could feel them in my ears. Like I sleep with it now. I, I haven't taken it this out in like twenty something years. My earring, and I don't feel it. I don't even know it's there. 99.9% .9 of the time mm -hmm. it's just on yeah. but when I first got my ears pierced I was like are people staring at me are they, right. are they judging me right now what, what are they right. thinking right? And, and I could also feel I could like feel it throbbing because right. it was new it was yeah. foreign to my body right. and so when you introduce mm -hmm. something we'll say that internally right when we eat the wrong food or something and we get a little gassy or like you know this is not sitting right so if we go with this is not sitting right and someone that has never held something hasn't really played a lot of sports or played with other things tactily tactily is that the word or tactily that once that's in their hand or the shoes even it's rubbing them a different way than they're used to wearing something else that is going to be a distraction and then that's going to create internal dialogue and that and if the internal dialogue is negative and correct me if this is, I'm going down the wrong road here, could create anxiety, and anxiety creates tension. You got it right there. So that would be a lack of, there we go, a lack of fluidity. But we're not taking those things into account. No, not at all. Not at all. And you put that, and then I'm going to turn it to 11. <laughs> you bring it out there, you go out there to a coach, you go because Sorry, this is tennis. Reference. This is tennis rockers it, after all. I mean, well, come on. Spinal tap. It goes to on. eleven. Classic, classic rock movie. Uh, so, uh, then you go out there with a coach. So, so here's what you do. It's like putting the cat in water, right? So now you take the now you take the teenager, right? It's like putting the cat in water. You take the teenager who's got the new shoes, the new racket, and you put your foot right behind their back. Boom. And you put them right out there with the pro. Johnny Big Balls here. I've got white shoes, awesome tennis moves, and I'm ready to roll. Let's go, kiddo. Here we are. What do you want to do first? Huh? 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 <laughs> Let's go. Uh, you want to do the forehand? Who do you want to be like? You want to be like Nadal. You want to be like Federer, relaxed and calm. What do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Come on. 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 And the kid is like, uh, my shoes are bothering me right now. My shoes are too tight. My shoes are too tight. <laughs> I too hate tight. this. Can I get my water bottle? I got to go check my phone 
right? I mean, and they're and they're just like they're going for their blanket because they're just like I, all this feels foreign to me. Now I'm on this court. I'm in. I get in these shoes. I'm in this outfit. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Private Benjamin. There's a really old reference. You know what I mean? Where you're in this military outfit and you don't even know what you're doing. But now you're in this and you're holding this racket and you're just like out there. And now you're with this personality that's on the court that is clearly a couple of things. One, obviously, very well trained and has played a crap ton of tennis. And you hold no candle to them. So you now you now must humble yourself before this guy. It's usually a guy. Could be a girl, but mostly a guy. And then on top of it, you know in your heart you're awkward. You just know you're awkward, right? There's no getting around it. There's no faking this. As you always say, there's no faking tennis, right? So now you're out there with this guy. And you, you just feel... It, you feel it's I think it would be like it's you you got the movie part you never really acted and you're out there and you're out there with uh Matthew McConaughey or Tom Cruise and they're like you've won you've won the contest you're going to be in a scene in the latest Matthew McConaughey movie here we go right and it's tomorrow <laughs> and you're out there and you're just like this the lights the camera everything is out there the people are like all right Matthew you're going to take your cue over here blah, 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 blah. we're going to do this we're going to do that and <laughs> and you're standing there and they're like you Remember, you got you got six lines to deliver. As Matthew comes in, he's got the gun. You tell him what you think. Got it? Here we go. Let's run it. Take. Right? And and you're like, "Oh my god. I don't really feel like being here right now." You know, I know I wanted this, but I don't really And the thing is like with the tennis player and fluidity and getting there, what I'm saying is I think we should acknowledge that there's all that and we should take more care. Um, to acknowledge that. And so the, 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 big, the big pro should probably come out, and even if he's a big personality, or maybe the club should sit there and say, you know what, probably not a good person for the first timer. Let's go with, you know, there's one coach over at this place we go, which I call him the therapist. You know, he's like in, he's like in big flowy clothing, and he's really nice, and he's really subdued personality, and he, you know, walks the kids out and he's like, Hey, how's it going today? You know what I mean? He's, I call him the therapist because the kids, the kids, you know, those kids work well with him, you know? And he's like, yeah, hey, well, come on out. Let's just hit some balls. It's not a big deal. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, and then the kids are like, they want to talk and they want to get water. So he follows them over to the bench. He sits with them on the bench. He talks. My, my kids are looking over like they're in, they're in the Marines. And, and this kid's like, and my, my they're, kid, they're on a retreat. They're on a tenant's my, retreat. You know, they're getting massages. He's lighting in candles. <laughs> He's got, and they're looking over like, wait a minute, what's going on? How did he score this? And I'm over here, you know, at Camp Lejeune. I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then again, they recognize that their their skill level, their play is very different than a kid like that. But, but hold on. But you know what's really cool about that coach? He's not ruining it for them. Because if he had the bridge over the river Kwai mentality, <laughs> force 10 from Navarone. We will take the bridge immediately. <laughs> right. He would all those kids would quit. And right. if he can hang them, if they can hang in with him long enough and they have a good feeling leaving. I don't care if all they get out of it is 
they can hit to five in a row over the net mini tennis and they had a good experience and as they become adults they look we've talked about this the the clubhouse the club you belong to when you were a kid and you're like oh i had such a great time there i had so many great memories oh remember coach laid back <laughs> lbm right. coach lbm laid back manner right like what a great I just, you know i kind of liked that when i was a kid right boom you got them right. and if they like spending their time there that is value added to their lives. Right. So that's why you gotta be really careful, I think, where you start adding these rigid guidelines to how this sport is supposed to be coached. And if those kids had the war movie mentality coach, they it would create tension in them. Yes. And then actually make them not like tennis at all. But but to stay on our topic, yes. it would cause a lack of fluidity. It oh, would cause yeah. them to be a judgy and self-conscious and they'd probably triple down. It's like trying to force, it's like trying to force the, if you ever put, if you ever put a, a screw into a, a bigger screw into a smaller hole and you're like, well, this is the only screw I have. I'm just going to put this thing in here and I'm going to make it work. And you just like, you're cranking down. At first it goes in, you're and like, okay. The, and then the drywall starts breaking all around it. <laughs> <laughs> this yes. is working. This is working. This is working. This is working. This is working. And, and suddenly everything is just destroyed or whatever. That's, I, I think, the, the danger of that situation. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to, and you laid it out here, is that this self-consciousness leads to internal dialogue, which then leads to anxiety and leads to tension. And that tension creates rigidity, right? But then let's go from the parent or the coach who has their own internal dialogue for whatever reason, and then they're projecting that out towards right. the, the student or the child, yeah, your son or daughter. Yeah. Now, maybe the kid didn't have that internal dialogue yeah but you just gave it to him right here here i'm, I'm about to make yourself conscious <laughs> you know like maybe that's why ready. maybe that's why a lot of parents don't want to work with their kids i always write it off like they're not really interested in tennis or they're bored but maybe in some ways there's parents who don't want to work with their kids because they just know that they'll ruin they'll ruin the thing for them they'll there are the sport, no i ruin the sport for them i have a few parents that I've encouraged, who play tennis, and I, very good players. Probably, I, off the top of my head, I think I have five, three women and two, two men, two guys that are all really good players and will not play with their kids. And I'm like, why don't you play? I said, you guys are, and they're, they're not like, yeah, they're not, they're really cool, relaxed people. And they're like, I'll ruin it for them. And they, because they have a competitive edge to themselves. So like for me, I, it's the right kind of competitive, but they know themselves well enough. So they do. So that's interesting. I think that's a, now that again, you're saying it out loud and we're having the, the conversation, that's another kind of parent that is self-aware that, you know, they're not there yet. They're not ready for my kind of tennis. It's not that they're not going to play with them, but they know that their own frustration level will go up. But isn't that... Isn't that interesting? It acknowledges a weakness on their part. It acknowledges a weakness that they are not necessarily willing to address. And are they afraid that that will dull their competitive blade? Is that what it is? No, they've said they don't want to ruin it. They don't want to ruin it. For them. 
but it's interesting that they find themselves incapable of adjusting. They're that sure of who they are and how they are. And so that implies to me, and I could be misreading this, but that implies to me that they don't have control over their game or their sport. The sport or game has control over them. There's rigidity, right? there's rigidity in their thinking, not just their it's, movement. Right. R- right. So a commit, and this is what's really hard. And again, I'm going to point this out. And, you know, this is tennis rockets is to help coaches become better, but all this at the same time, applaud them for the job that they do, because I think we make it look easy. Sometimes we have to adjust our games from lesson to lesson, from player to player constantly where we get it, where you can be successful. Right. And I just had an older gentleman yesterday where I can hear some, he's working out some knee issues. He's in his seventies. He's uh-huh. 70, just turned 73. Yeah. Really good athlete. Like he hits a solid ball, but he might have a five foot window on either side of him that I can hit. And if it's a little bit out of sight of that, he'll tap the court. And I'm like, I know I got it. I was a mistake. I got a little excited in the point, tried to move you. And he's like, I can't move there yet. I'm like, I got it. I got it. So I have to dial it back. So some of, Parents that are good tennis players might be good in a competitive setting, but when you need to land it in the strike zone for your kid or over here because their window of learning is here, but their ability, the adult's ability, is more of, I can end this and win this point. Like they need... (laughs) That doesn't work well. That's like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Hold on. No, I just want to. No, I. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so I just, I just want to get this straight. So, uh, so you're telling me that there's an adult. I'm trying to. I'm fishing. My head is fishing right now for a proper analogy, but it's basically like, um, I could let you carry the groceries in, you know, but you're likely to drop them. So I'm just going to take them all from the car myself and just get it done. Yes. Absolutely. It wasn't the best analogy, but no, but that's I, you, and you got some weird analogy. You had like a cracker analogy at one point. About I, I, different I, crackers. I try. I try different. I try different analogies. I out. love. I mean, I, I mean, you do. I, I think it adds some. I add some spice. It's not. You know. Come on. It's not pulling out the same damn tried and true tread over words. <laughs> so uh, yes, you mean to tell me that's the mentality? Like yes, like, or or you know what? We're gonna. Can, hey, can I crack the eggs when we make omelets this morning? You know, you're going to make a huge mess. The shells are going to get in there. So, you know what? No, because we're short on time. We have a small window here, and it's just, I have to, then I'm going to have to clean it up. Or I've got a better image for you. Okay, let's keep going. Dad, I want to learn boxing. <laughs> so you're in the, so you're sparring with them. So you're, my so dad this is, that's what I'm saying. This is like, that's like a, that's like a moment out of a, out of a Chevy Chase movie or whatever, where he's like, Dad, I want to learn boxing in your family room. Like, nah, come on. I don't want it. No, come on, Dad. I really want to learn boxing. No, I don't want it. Come on, come on, come on. No, I don't want it. Okay, fine. Put your dukes up. Here we go. Cause my dad and I used to box. So put your dukes up. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't really want to. And he just, he just gives you, he gives you an uppercut, a one, two punch, gives you an uppercut and lays you out and goes, you weren't ready for it. I mean, is that, that's pretty much it. I mean, so, so it would be that's like, that parent. Oh God. No, no, okay. not, but not show some restraint. No, but it's, but it's hard though, because what happens is they fall into their game and it's, but that means the game has them. They don't have the game. 
there's an is element. That right? I mean, yes, I don't I know. I think that's a good way to put that. Yes. And again, it's just, it's funny because it's like, okay, we're going to rally now. One, two, three, winner. I got it. <laughs> and you're like, so, and then, but no, and then they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. And there's awareness like, I know I'm ruining this for you. I got it. And then so there, so then. But, they but kinda, play that out. Play that out. You mean to tell me that you <laughs> yes. really think that that would happen? Like he'd be teaching his kid and he'd go, one, two, three, winner, I got it. And then, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me try it again. One, two, three, three, winner, I got it. Oh, God, I can't, I just can't control myself. I can't, I'm sorry, Donnie. Oh, it's what, just not going to work here for you. What, you're what, not up to snuff. What you're missing is a lot of, <laughs> a lot of good players can't control a student's or a kid's zone of, zone of proximal learning. They can't, it's really difficult. I, I can't stress it enough how hard it is. Even, no offense to you, if I came to you and I said, here, I need you in a rally to land the ball in these four different places in the course of the rally, and any mistake that your kid makes, you need to bail them out and still land it where it needs to go. Right. Because we're working, and I'm going to guarantee you, 90% of the time, you would get it wrong. Yeah. And this is what's really well, because hard. Because that's a, that's a trained skill. Now that's a more advanced trained skill. Right, right. So, so, so when someone goes out with their kid every so often to play and you've been playing a lot right. it, and you, you, your, your playing has been playing against your friends or your tennis team, it's not, oh, here, Bobby, to your forehand. Now they're playing, like play playing. I get it. But I also think you're using two extreme examples. There's a lot in the middle. So I, where I don't give people like that credit is, listen, you gave the extreme example of like <laughs> a, a pretty extreme. You gave a, a boxing example. No, but I'm saying a pretty extreme, <laughs> a pretty extreme training example of like, if I gave you four shots and four different, and then he hits it into four different locations. Yes, but it's the same thing to them. What you're missing is it's the same but thing I'm to saying, them. What I'm, but I'm saying like, just feeding a ball, just feeding the ball to your kid and hitting some high lobs or hitting some, you know, hitting some down the line over and over down the line strokes. He's like, I can't take it. I can't take it. I gotta, <laughs> you know what I mean? What you're, again, you're leaving out something. What? So the adult feeds the lob. Uh-huh. But your kid doesn't move the right way. Right. So then you're like, okay, I've now going to move the lob four inches to the right because I can see that the way they're moving and the way they're fe- Think of all these. Nobody yeah. has any idea no, what's right. going in a coach's mind right. when we're trying to get the person to have any level of success. Now we're talking about fluidity. Right. In order to break the tension where they are not self-conscious and get frustrated. So right. when I have to move a ball four inches to the right so your kid can hit the one overhead out of 40 that they're like, oh, that's what it feels like. And you're like, yeah. Then you're like, okay, let's go for two. Oh, no, they move, they move, to, the, they move to the right. It's oh, so cool. interesting. I have to just break this and say this. I'm going to say this from my parent coaching perspective. I think this is, and, and this is not to be critical of you, this is, and I'm not couching this this is what I, my impression of that when i was coaching my kids and they were learning the overhead it was hey look you're gonna get what you get you gotta go get it yeah but again you can't compare yourself because you're on the court with your kids five days a week it's not fair because what happens is so you're talking about there these kids are on the court one day a week and they're or, struggling or every they're, other week going out with their parents and they're struggling to and, get it 
Right, and the parents are like, hey, let's go and hit some balls. Right. And then it's like, ah. And it just, what ends up happening is it creates this tension between yeah. it. And it's like, you know what? Go with the pro for a while. And when you get to a certain level, then we can go out and hit. Right. Because I don't want to ruin it. For so you. what you seem to be saying is that your anecdote, your, your antidote, not anecdote, but antidote to this tension, this strange feeling, this whatever, is really um, ball placement and kind of, I don't want to say crutching. Crutching is a bad word, but that's your antidote to this whole thing. And, to, and, prevent, okay. yes. to prevent, to, to walk, go backwards through this, to prevent the rigidity and to reduce the tension, to lower the anxiety, and to create a positive dialogue. So I'm going backwards through our forwards because before, so for anybody who's actually following this, <laughs> we started out by saying that the fluidity of movement in tennis can be restricted by an internal dialogue. And that internal dialogue can revolve around things like being in foreign shoes, foreign feeling shoes, you know, being with a racket that they don't normally have in their hand. Everything feels a little foreign. And I've, and I've had this feeling too, like even with the grips, because within tennis, you know, you've got so many different grips. And, and so, so that can, but that leads to a self-consciousness, which leads to a dialogue, which is like, you know, like, God, is these shoes, is, it keeps rubbing, you know, so now you can't focus, right? Or am I supposed to hold it this way or should I hold it that way? I don't, I don't really know. So you get this dialogue and then you hit and you miss hit. So you got a dialogue. You're like, they're watching me. I'm, I'm sure they're watching me. You know what I mean? God, they're laughing at me. You know what I mean? Like, this is ridiculous. I don't even want to be this anxiety. Now you've got anxiety and now you've got tension. So now you go to, you go to grip the racket harder and you go to try to swing and, and you try to duplicate it. And now you just feel stupid. Whereas, you know, when a little kid goes on there and just doing this wacky ball hitting, it's like no big deal. They're not self-conscious. So they're okay with it. But then that creates that rigidity and then that restricts the movement and it causes people to look janky and to actually not even want to play. But if we reverse it, what you seem to be, what I'm saying, you're saying <laughs> is that this ball placement can alleviate a lot of that because you're setting them up for success and decreasing their dialogue. Yes. And can I point something out to you? And I want you to really, I want you to really don't respond. I just want you to remember. When we started working together and I asked Cannibal and Bomber to rally with one another mini tennis back and forth. This is, you know, a while ago now, back in yesterday. Hey guys, I need you guys to go to 50. They could not do it. And then I would jump in and we could do it. Why is that? That is the exact same thing as an adult who doesn't work with kids, who doesn't hit controlled all, my whole day is controlled. We say teaching ruins your game because when I go to play, if I was playing against you, I would hit it exactly where you would want it and you'd be like, thanks man. I'm like, hey, do you want that a little bit more to your left for your back? Oh wait, do you want that hip level or a little bit lower by the knees for you, Claude? You know, this is perfect, Sully, because my brain goes to instantly, hey, I'm going to help Claude out. It's so for me, I gotta, I'm flipping in my head this year on how to compete better, how to end points. And again, they're just, they're, 
they're completely different mentalities. And, and that creates anxiety in me, I'll be mm -hmm. honest with you, because I'm restrained, because my whole career is not re releasing a ball, my arm into the ball in my body and just unloading, because if I unloaded, my students can't learn. <laughs> All I'm doing is ripping a ball. And coaches that are unsuccessful are the same parents that can't control they're unloading on the ball because they're competitive. They're different mentalities. And to have both skill sets, to have a coach or, or a parent that can flip the switch from competitive to cooperative is really difficult. Even feeding a ball. You can hit 30, think of this. You could hit 30 overheads to me and I will block every single one back to you over, and you, we can use one ball. So with three balls, you could hit 90 overheads in a row. Think of that. Think of the, the, the touch and feel I need for that. Then you're like, hey, let's go play a game. And I'm like, okay. Then you hit an overhead, I block, and what am I gonna do? Instantly, I'm going to block it back up for you for another overhead. Oh, I know, in front of the service line, exactly where you need to destroy the ball. And you're like, thanks, because that's where my brain goes. So whatever you're doing a lot of, that's gonna become the default, which is why also when we say you play a ton of like one sport, that sport, whatever that motion, that mobile movement you've been doing for so long, that's gonna be the override that's gonna be the mechanism that takes over. So unless you're out there like you are constantly, and so I think the thing to, to say is that if you are gonna go down that road for parents, don't get frustrated. It's okay, but you have to have at it. There's nothing wrong with your kid. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just not doing it enough to get it where you get comfortable wearing those shoes, that you get comfortable holding the racket in a different way because the way you're holding the racket and swinging it is to win. The way I hold the racket is to absorb. It's to take it out so when your kid squeezes too tight, they swing too fast. I'm basically like a pitchback. I'm absorbing it and then I'm releasing it back with just the right amount of energy that they can get it back to me and feel some semblance of success. And that, I am telling you, when you find a coach that can do that, or you're an adult that can do that, you have a very high skill level for teaching. Give your phone number you wanna put out there. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, yes. I thought yes. that was funny. No, I, I agree, I agree. At some point, at some point, I think I, uh, I, I actually wrote this down. I think we need to have an episode on this because I think that this is a huge, uh, well, let's keep talking about it. Can we just keep talking? Well, no, about that's it? not this episode. You gotta like, uh, break things off. We're still on fluidity, but we haven't yet to the body yet. We're just talking about internal dialogue and anxiety. So and let's get to the body. Okay. Let's get to the body. So we, we, you just rocked my brain. Now let's rock my body. Okay. So let's get about the body then. What is it? And I don't know. That's, I find this, this is eluding me for decades that's, I ha, that I'll see someone that's a really good athlete yeah. in one sport. And someone's like, oh, he's a really good athlete. Then he comes to tennis, yeah. stiff legs, <clears throat> can't bend, right. stiff arms. Right. And I'm like, they don't look like an athlete at all. Well, isn't that body brain? 
Yeah, but even in those sports, there, there needs to be like a baseball player needs to be fluid. Uh huh. Yeah. And I've seen lots of. But kids what like I'm this. saying is their body, their body is taking cues. I'm in a sport. I'm now in this sport, right? I'm not walking along looking at my phone, or I'm not sitting on the couch watching TV. The body's taking a cue. The body's like, okay, we're doing this. I know what to do. <laughs> so in their sport, yes, there is there is fluidity and there's movement, but there's not that type of fluidity and movement. Could it be? I mean, it's it isn't it isn't it body isn't it body brain? I mean, to some degree, right? Because I mean, so <clears throat> you uh, you've talked about this with hockey players, or you talked about this with a volleyball player, oh, and you were yeah, like, yeah. remember you talked about this with a volleyball player. And you were a very specific example. You said that you had a girl who was a volleyball player and she was on the court and she wasn't getting a movement and you were just surprised because you knew she was athletic and you could sense she had some of this in her. But at the same time, you were like, why can't you? And then finally you just broke down and you were like, what sport do you play? And she was like, volleyball. And you're like, okay, it's great. This is how we, so in volleyball, when you go to set, what do you do? And you walked her through it and she was like, Oh, and then all of a sudden she started to make a change. Now, I'm not saying she snapped into it and immediately got it and was fluid, but she started to feel that success. So, so a brain. Isn't that right? Uh, smarticles. Hit the smarticles button. I got it. It's our first one today. I got it. Again, explaining it smarter than I intended, but now my smarticles have been lit up. Brain, the brain needs some sort of an analogy or example that can connect the type of movement that will make it fluid. Right. So something, so old school tennis would say, sit to hit. Right. The idea is, you know, lower your center of gravity and lift with your legs, sit mm -hmm. to hit. So when you ask people to do that initially, it looks really awkward and rigid. Yeah, you did it with my kids. Sit on the five gallon bucket. Yeah, on the buckets, yeah, yeah. Or throw the medicine ball, yeah. right? That's a good one, the slam ball. Right. But we sit and stand all day. Like, the, no one's awkward standing off of getting up off a chair. We just do it. So we say sit to hit for the analogy for you to go, mm -hmm. but it still doesn't look right. Well, because when we get off the chair, we don't, we don't have a racket in our hand. Oh, oh <laughs> right, bro, there it, it goes. There's no cue there. We don't, when we get off the chair, we don't have a racket in our hand, dude. Unless you're like, I don't know. <laughs> It's just some, you know, sports guy in the middle of, you know, whatever he's famous and whatever he's got the, you know. Right. We have a racket and we have a projectile coming at us. Yeah. So that has got the brain working. It's got the brain confused. On three different things. You've got the brain. Con you've confused the brain because what you've done is you've sat there and said, I want you to do something you do every day. I want you to sit. But I want you to do it by holding a tennis racket. And then when you get up, your, your, your cue is to get up when this ball comes flying at you <laughs> and take a, get into a stance and swing it at a certain way. Yeah, that's what you're going to do. And the brain is like, what? Okay, this is all new for me. I'm cutting a new path. I'm cutting a new path. I have to do, I have to, as you would say, scaffold. I have to physically and mentally scaffold these different movements together i have to compile them and then i have to move them it's almost like you're building it's almost like you're a tennis computer programmer right you're saying okay this is the new movement i want you to make when this happens right so when you're doing code when this happens clickety clickety click 
then you will do this. Clickety, clickety, click. Right? And so then you run the code. You ever, my kids had computer coding class that I used to take them to, and they would run the code, and they would try to make the robot go a certain way and all this other stuff, and you had to program the code. And invariably, for the over and over, <laughs> the robot's going in circles, the robot's going left when you meant to go right, the robot's not going straight, whatever it is. That's kind of what you're doing at some level, <clears throat> not to elevate you too much into that area of life, but at some level, it is kind of what you're doing, right? You're a computer programmer for tennis because now when you're saying sit to hit, you've got a human being that you've got partial code that's in the brain. The partial code is I go and I sit. Brain, I know I sit. Then you say, okay, but you sit with a racket in your hand. That's not in the code. That's never in the code. You just added a new element. You added that element to the code. Now you say, and <laughs> yeah. you're going to get up. I get up. I'm used to getting up. I'm used to sitting and I'm used to getting up. Not with a tennis racket, but I'm used to sitting and getting up. And you say, okay, get up with tennis racket. Then ball will be coming at you. Ball never comes at me when I sit. Ball never comes at me when I get up. Now you're saying you want me to do this when, okay, now, hold on, wait. Now, you know, think about it from the computer. No, no, I'm, I'm laughing because in my head I'm seeing, you know, when, again, we made this analogy also in, in past episodes. When you get up from the dinner table, no one's throwing a spoon at you. Right. <laughs> or a fork or a knife. Like, I'm standing, oh, we go. <laughs> right. Know, it's, that's a whole different you're not going to be standing up fluidly if someone's throwing cutlery at you <laughs> as you're standing up, right? Right, right. And and um, so now you're comp you're coding, and you're and you're saying, okay, when you get up, you must get up with racket, which is new, and you must get up at the time when you see this projectile, the ball flying at you. You don't want to get up before then. If the ball hasn't left the racket, you don't get up. So then you have to time how you stand up. You have, to, you have to tell the computer program, which is the human being, listen, before you, you, you don't get up when the ball is in the other person's hand. You don't get up when it's bouncing on the floor. You don't get up when it still is in midair about to hit, get hit by the racket. You don't get up once it's been right away hit by the racket. You get up after the ball immediately leaves the racket and starts heading toward you. <laughs> so you've got to code all that in. Okay, so let's just be clear. No, no, but, but when you but, sit in a right. chair and you go to get up, all of that other code is not there. But, but yeah, I know, and I think it's a good, the way you explained it was, was perfect because when you get up. By the way, your coding friends were, are going to just go lovey over this. Just like, so oh, you sit right. Yeah, like, check this. Right thing. on, brother. Well, that's what kids are like. I'm a gamer. I think I'll become a coder. My, my coding, Not the same thing. My I know, coding I know. friends are like, if you're going to be, you know, you know how many games I play? They're like zero because all I do is coding. <laughs> I don't play any but so, so, no, what no, 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 so with the standing up from the dinner table idea, example, you get to stand up in your in your own way in your own time right but when a ball is coming at you and about to hit the court and you're gonna you're gonna transfer your energy into it through the kinetic chain you have to time how you stand up right, right? so that's that's another element of it so you're just take the racket out of it 
Right. I think one of the big mistakes of, of and you've really shed a lot of light on this, that there are so many elements going on, like actually holding the racket. What are they feeling through their, their new shoes or not new shoes? Their, their clothes being mentally distracted by their life. And then you're saying a ball is coming and I need you to stand up at right about now. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, right. And think of that. I mean, that's crazy. So, <clears throat> you know, we, we have to, as coaches or as parents or as educators, when we're teaching something for fluidity and, t- and timing also, I mean, time, so there's fluidity, but then there's the timing of your fluid movement, which is also a separate thing. So as a coach then, if I'm working on someone's timing of when they lift with their legs, they maybe shouldn't even have a racket. Maybe it's just, I want you to go over here and when the ball starts descending and about to strike the court, I want you to start lifting with your legs. And can I tell you that some of the misimpression, like let me just give you one quick example of that timing thing. When I was a kid, I was taught, you know, keep your eye on the ball, (laughs) the whole thing, whatever. And I wish someone had said it's a timing thing because it really would have helped me because now when my kids are serving at me and it's ball, that ball's coming fast. (laughs) This is not, and my kids are little, that ball's coming fast. I'm not looking at the ball. (laughs) I'm not. I'm a bit like Luke Skywalker. I just know where the damn ball is. I know where it is. I know where it's going to be. I don't whiff. I can nail it. And I can pull off a really cool shot. And that's from playing since I was a kid for a very long time. And I can do it. And my kids, when they see me do this, are like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And they're also like, oh, my God. But I'm also being a role model. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying... The, no, no, but hold on. This timing the, thing. Yeah, but the thing is also, keep your eye on the ball is actually about keeping your head still. I, I understand. Right, right, right. But, so, but so, it's still a timing thing. Right, right, because you've had so long to work it out that you're like, well, if it's going to be here, I know it's just going to be there. You, you can figure out that you've had so many balls served at you that you just kind of, kind of know. How'd you know that was going to go there? Because the minute I, you processed it so much earlier yeah. that your body... Also, so, was, so you're onto something here. Okay. You just said you processed it. What you're saying is you processed it mentally so well because of your level of experience and exposure. But yet we have these people that we're trying to develop fluidity in, but we have to acknowledge that this is not, you're not going to get that processing skill and ability and fluidity until you've been doing this for a long time or over a lot of repetitions or whatever, whatever you want to say. And so we have to be honest with these people as they come into the sport that, listen, you're going to be clunky here. But you, but you can't, okay. right, but you can't also be a parent that says, well, my kid's not very athletic. You're, you're not born athletic. Well, that's, that's the instant conclusion that ever, that's like saying they're so talented. It's the same, it's the same line of reasoning and it just is a, a quick way to blunt something. But you know, I, I wrote something down here yeah. and I think it pertains you were speaking earlier, you know, my, my parents were always, you know, if you sign up for something, see it out. Yeah. You can quit. You're going to finish it. Yeah. yeah, But, but they always made us quit. Like we had to go to the coach and say, yeah, I'm not enjoying this. This is just not for me. But they always said, if, if you wanted to sign up for it, you have to give it the good college try. You see it through to the end and then make your decision. And 
I think that's a really good way to, I'm appreciative for that because based on what we said about inner dialogue, if it's negative, creating anxiety and then tension and impacting fluidity, then also saying if you're not actually putting the time into something and the experience, you're not going to build any sort of fluidity or any sort of processing right. with your core, your your CPU system that allows you to be fluid. And even if it is so that whole stick it out thing, it does not mean that you are going to be an instant expert by finishing it off, but you may get a sense of what that fluidity is like, even if it's in one small element of what you're learning. And then right? your internal dialogue might be, oh, that's what it feels like. You got a hold. You got a toehold. If you're a mountain climber, you got a toehold, and now you got this toehold, and you can move on to the next ledge. And that might keep them it. on, but we have to be careful not to let somebody quit too early. But at the same token, we can't let somebody linger to the point where they're just hating it. Right? I'm not, I'm not about making my kids do something. I'm more of the- But this is a, but this, this is, is about. this cannot be a coach thing though. No, it cannot. And that's, but it is. I can recommend. But hold on. It is a coach thing. So this is interesting. It can't be a coach thing, but it is a coach thing. Because the parent isn't there. Most of the time, these parents aren't there. They're watching. Some parents are. But most of the time, these parents aren't there. And even if they are there, they're removed. And they can't hear everything that's going on. So they don't really know. They can't get the full picture. They can't get the, the words that are being said. They can't get the emotions that are being expressed. They can't get any of that stuff. So this is where it's so important for the coach to be interpreting this to a certain degree and be communicating it back up to the parent because they've got it. They've got to be, they've got to be interpreting and communicating back up because otherwise the parent doesn't know what's going on. The parent is like, even today's parents will be like, well, you should stick it out. Just, you know, and, and the kid is like, I don't don't like this, you know, I don't, and and you know, it's funny kids know when they don't like something, but they also are horrible at they're horrible at um at sifting through and assigning it to what they don't like about it to where you understand so they're horrible about they might be uncomfortable in their shoes maybe the shoes are too tight maybe the shoes are just too stiff there's tennis shoes that are too stiff and it's and it's overriding everything that the kid is trying to do in the tennis lesson so they say i don't like tennis but really what they're saying is i don't like my shoes Right. But you're interpreted as, well, they don't really like tennis. They're not very good at it. Right. Or, you know, I mean, I had it, I had it happen to me the other day. We, we float back and forth with grip sizes. <clears throat> the kids have been playing with four and three eighths for a long time. And people are like, my fuck, you have a full size racket and four and three eighths. What the hell's wrong with you? You know what I mean? They should be in a 26 or a 25 and they should have a, you know, a, a four and an eighth or, or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, they they kind of like it. They don't, you know, they doesn't seem to affect their performance or whatever. So we we switched to some rackets that were um, four four flats, you know, four O's, whatever, and four and an eighths. And they're using them. But then my one son came up to me and he's like, you know, Dad, when I he does a sing, he has a one handed and a two handed backhand. And he comes up to me and he goes, you know, Dad, when I I think I figured out what was going on here. When I go with the two handed backhand because of the size of this grip, I'm having problems 
hitting this a certain way. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so I need to use a thicker grip here. You know what I mean? Like, even though you think the thinner grip would be good for the smaller hands, it's, it's really, you know, so, so well, hold but, on a second. Um, so you, 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 again, we have to clarify some things here. That's why you're a great coach because what you're allowing them to do is explore the game and figure out things yeah. on their own. I always tell them they're racket scientists. They're scientists out there. Experiment. Makes, absolutely. But you know, these things make a difference, but the fact that ready, someone would, another coach would say, well, that's crazy. They need to be using this and they should be, let them explore with it. Like, listen, they're nine, they're 10, they're 11. Let them mess around, let them figure it out. And again, ready? Because that builds ownership. Right, right. And you had said, you remember at one point you had said, well, he's using both a one and a two. I'm like, yeah, let him use both. He'll figure it out. He's going to gravitate towards one. And <clears> I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have a one, you can't coach. You can't coach tennis. So I, there but are- But he's going to, and, and more likely in competition, he's going to float between two. He's going to use both. He might, whatever. He or, 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 yeah. or, or you don't know. I mean, he might be 20 and decide, you know, I'm going to lean towards the one. Yeah, he could, he, yeah. Whatever, you know, or somebody criticizes yeah. somebody has a two-handed forehand and a two-handed mm-hmm. backhand. If it's working for them yeah. aggressively, but it allows them then to confidently- critique themselves and look at what they're doing and using, which then takes away stress because you're creating an environment so it, that it, allows, it allows them, to, them to have fluidity at their own pace, at their own level. And then that eliminate, not eliminates, but reduces the tension and stress they would feel. And it allows them to get to greater fluidity. Cause I think that's ultimately what we're talking about here is, is how do you ascend in your nature fluidity? How do you get past this sort of awkward stiffness, hackiness? And it's by being emotionally comfortable with not with, with hitting, a, hitting, well, right? Can I, can I, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's about being emotionally comfortable slash fluid with being awkward and rigid in order to become fluid. Yeah, I think that's right. So, because if you're not internally relaxed and calm, how could you be externally relaxed and calm? So, say that again. If you're not being it, emotionally it, comfortable with being awkward and rigid. Right. So, if you're not internally relaxed and calm when learning something, how can you then translate to be externally relaxed and calm, which would equal fluid? Right. You I can't. think that's right. I think that's ultimately where we're at. And so yeah. the, again, we come back now to the emotional game. We're not putting, which you've been saying, you've been spouting this since the day I met you. We don't focus on the emotional aspects and the impact it has on performance. We've ignored that. And we not, and I think even at the pro level, you know, we, we talk a lot about the mental game and mental s- stuff. <clears throat> but we don't spend time teaching how to how to work with our emotions and how and and you know what we said in the last one was um, overactivated right. right. So, so you need to psych up and psych down right over right. arousal and under arousal. There we go. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. So I was uh, on the adjacent court. I was a high performance coach. That's what they call him was working with a really sweet teenage girl. She's a good player. 
And it was interesting to hear him um, actually do, not chalk talk, but he actually sat down with her. He had had her write out a list of things, and they were actually talking from the bench. And it was interesting to see some of the some of the way that he was approaching it. Now, he's a younger guy. He's going in for his master's or whatever in exercise physiology or whatever he's doing. But it was interesting to see him um, employ different he was talking analytically, like trying to question her, like, what do you do? What do you think is your greatest strength? What do you think your weakness is? What do you think? You know, he's having this talk with her. I'm listening half. Cause I got a, <laughs> my God, you're not listening. You're not watching the match. Come on. What did you call it out or what? I'm like, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm trying so, to, I'm trying to eavesdrop <clears throat> over here, boys. Hold on. Yeah. I'm trying to learn something in another way, but you guys, I guess you still want me to ref. Okay. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pull out the chainsaw and keep everybody away. So, um, but it was interesting because there was a point at which he, he wanted to use humor, but you got to be careful because you're talking to teenagers, right? So he, he kind of mocked, sorry, he kind of mocked or modeled her, her stance. And, and so he's like, he's like, you're running back. And he's talking the broken English or whatever in, and he's like, you're running back. And your body is like this, like this. And he's like, and then he's like with your booty out here shaking, what is the point of this? Right. And, and she was laughing and it was funny. I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, get that in. feels like shaming though to me. Right. So it's, and I'm not, pointing a finger at him i'm just saying it i thought i felt it was really interesting because i think i think his intentions were good but i think ultimately that's not going to build to greater fluidity for her right the, the, that's the, you just you just made somebody really self-conscious yeah and that is right that's gonna that's gonna cause that person the the danger and and maybe this is what we're really getting at with this fluidity thing is that you you don't want your brain to get in the way when you're making these movements and the self-consciousness will get in the way. So in other words, you've got these feelings, just shame. Now you've recorded that, that impression has been made upon you that when, that when you've got an awkward shot, you're off your COG, you're, you're, you're arching back or whatever, that your booty is sticking, you're sticking out there. And now all of a sudden you feel self-conscious or whatever. And that triggers. And now all of a sudden you're like hyper aware of it and you don't want to put yourself in that position. So then you miscue your body. You write different code in your head and you miscue your body about what it's supposed to do at that moment, as opposed to just being genuine and being fluid and being like, maybe that was a breakthrough for her. You know, she had to struggle with that one position on the court and one movement, and that's a breakthrough. And maybe the better way to address it is to be like, I see what you were trying to do here. Is this what you were trying to do? Like, you really wanted to get to this position as opposed to that. And then she could go, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And I know he was probably also in a hurry because time is limited or whatever. And so he's like, I want to make my point and I want to make a strong point. I get it. But the point is, is that walking the student through this in a more careful manner won't cause that self-consciousness, the rigidity and the lockup and mentally, it's not just physically, it's mentally. So what we're saying is the emotional mental part is causing the physical lockup. And if, and the more care you take, the looser the person's going to be mentally and emotionally to be able to make those movements or try to get closer to those movements, right? 
I want to bring something up before we wrap up, and I, I, I think we're, we're missing one piece of the puzzle here. Okay. I push reading for my kids, big time. Re- readers are leaders. Read, read, read. Big vocabulary. So I had them evaluated by a reading specialist just to see where they were at. And I was, and then I was looking for the feedback on what could I do to enhance their love of reading and their want to read and wanting to look up words. And I just wanted a good, you know, and, and I, I'll, and I've checked in with her like, Hey, is this right? You wanted to build their skill so that they wanted to go so this, to the next level. So I didn't know what this entailed. So basically she, had them read passages and then she gave me an entire breakdown. It was like four or five pages for each kid. Did you have to pay for this or was this a part of the school system or? Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had to pay for it. Oh, okay. And she, one of the things that she wrote was frustration, level of frustration at a certain point. So there was, how many words they could process in a minute or, or get through. Then there was, con- so there was reading the words, comprehension, and the third one was frustration level. And th- my daughter, so my two youngest, Mighty M and Gogo, hit frustration levels at, let's say, 10 minutes. Fiercely fabulous, never hit it. Who reads a book every two days? Granted, she's older, but she had said, I've never seen somebody at this age hit zero frustration level. The ease in which she, and not just reading, the speed and the comprehension that she could regurgitate facts verbatim from the story Mm And she was like, I've never seen this. This, this is crazy. And I said, I mean, it literally, like she goes to reading. So ready? There's a fluidity in which she has developed in her reading skills that allow her to operate and process at a very high level. And now I'm trying to emulate and do the same things I did with her for my other two, so they get to that level. And I think if you can, and so I had asked her afterwards, I said, so what happens if we can't get over the frustration levels? She goes, they don't read. The minute they hit a frustration, the, this level, this, if they can't get through this or they're timed on their frustration level for reading words, it makes them feel so bad and dumb and stupid that they don't want to read. It makes them feel horrible. So isn't that the same thing that how do we how do we get people to learn things without hitting this frustration wall? Well, and I don't think contrary to what we've been, what everybody's been dousing tennis with for years, that it has to be fun. I don't think it's just exclusively in the bailiwick of fun. I think that it's also in the modeling that you do as a parent and or a coach, whatever, but the modeling that you do. So you show that you like to read. 
you make it a part of your discussions, whether they are, you know, so even if they're leaning toward playing with their toy, you're reading an article or like when I read, sometimes I'll read the kids news articles and I'm like, you know, this happened today because my parents used to do that. This happened today. What do we think about this? And I'll read, I'll read that to them and then I'll have a discussion with them about it. Right. And we'll try to provoke a discussion. And the point is, is that it's more than just, we made it all about fun. Like, you know, bouncy ball, Barney type thing. We, 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 we laid the groundwork for how it's done. Wait, we, we, we were like the, the blacksmith apprentice. This is how you hammer the metal. And then this is, you keep hammering the metal and this is what you do. So we've, I think it's more than just like, ha 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 ha. It's so fun. Fun, fun, fun. Are we having fun, 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 fun. Same thing with tennis. I think we need to do a better job. And I've seen this in tennis where you've got the coach who's just like stiff and just staying there and just whacking the ball. And all right, move to the left, move to the left. Yeah, that's it. Right, move to the left. And he's not sitting there on the, on the court making those fluid grand movements where the visual learners can be like, oh, and modeling it for the student. So the student is like, Oh, and that's why, like, when we, when I practice with my kids and we do serve return, I model my ghost stroke, even if I, the ball hit the net or whatever. Right. But you, but what I'm saying is, you're welcoming them into by you doing this with the reading thing. You're, I know, because I know you read to your kids, but you're you're having a discussion about it. You're reading. To, it's not just here's a book, go read it. You oh, should read. No, I'm emulating. <clears throat> I no, but say I'm saying right. You should read. I read this book when I was your age. You should read this. Go I, read this. I told you to read. Go read. Right. Go read. And meanwhile, the kid is like not, you know, and you can take away everything. You can whatever. But the point is that you're, it's more than just making it fun. You've got to model it. You got to bring it in and you got to, you got to model and demonstrate and you got to show a genuine interest in it, not just a shoving off on it. I just had a thought. So if you're a parent that actually would like to go out with your kid and you're worried about ruining it for them. Don't toss them the ball. We've had this discussion also. Get a ball machine. And don't even talk to them. Just say, hey, let's move it around and we'll hit some balls. But you can't, and this right? could be, and this they, could be, but I have to say this, this could be another episode in and of itself. You can't underestimate the importance of the human, and this is where I do think more parents should do it. Even if they feel like they're not inclined or they're such a high level player, they can't hit the ball a certain way. I think you can't underestimate the human connectivity to that. These are your offspring. These are your kids. They People want to connect inherently. Obviously, Facebook and Instagram and all these have obviously figured that out. But they want to connect. They're so desperate to connect with us, they'll connect with a stranger that's somewhere in the middle of nowhere. They need to connect with you because when they connect with you, then they you've you've created you've reinforced this whole thing like hey you're from me and hey you know what this is what i was interested in maybe you're not as interested in it as i was but you know what i'm still going to share this with you whether it's my kids i shared coin collecting with my kids and my kids got really into it you know whatever the point is that it's the same thing. Like I showed them how to do it. And I, I, I was a part of that and I took an interest and I talked with them about it. And then I took them to a coin shop, you know, and I've, and I've done these things where I've, I've laid the groundwork for all this and I've, and I've wanted to participate in it with them. And I, I do the reverse too. When my kids are playing a, a video game or whatever, and they're like, dad, you're never going to guess what happened in this. And I'm like, let me guess more shooting. So did you feel really good about killing people? Did that feel really good? 
and they're like, stop it, dad. And I'm like, Hey, look, I'm just telling you, it's not really positive and it's not really what, it's not really what I want to do. So, you know, but there's lots of other things I want to do and reading could be one of them and when I read books or whatever. So the point is we have to do more than just making it fun because I think that's a mistake. Well, we'll make it fun and we'll force them. There's, there's a lot in the middle. It's not fun and forcing it's, Hey, we've got to model that behavior and show our interest and our level of, of sincerity in it. And there's right? ways to do it without where you don't have to feel that you're ruining it for them. That's what I'm saying, like the ball machine yeah. that, that you're up. But you know what too? It helps when my kids see me do something wrong. Right? Like that, that, that is such a message of like, or when you struggle. Yeah. I'm, you I'm struggle not, with something. And I apologize to the, actually, I apologize to them all the time. I call family meetings. I'm like, listen, I, I, I said something today I shouldn't have said. I want to apologize to you guys. Or I'll say, I'm really proud of you guys. You guys are having a meltdown, the three of you fighting while playing, and then you turned it around. I will celebrate that with them and point that out to them. But there's also a air of fluidity and calmness in my house that we can talk about anything that you shouldn't feel anxiety, sorry, anxiety or any sort of embarrassment to talk about anything. Right. So I'm trying to create this open air thing. And, I, and I, you know, it's funny is same with my drills. I'm like, this might not go well. I came up with this drill. I don't know if it's going to go well. Let me know. And I asked the drill yesterday. I said, are you using anything that I'm teaching you? Because if you're not, please tell me. And they all said, no, no, this is extremely helpful. I said, well, please tell me. I just said this yesterday. If I'm not doing something that's helping you, mm. then I'll change. We'll, we'll figure out what, what will or come back to me with something. But we want to create atmosphere of calm, open dialogue, and a fluid conversation, fluid exchange of ideas, which hopefully will translate so you're well, the first thing that it does is it 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 connotes it connotes uh this is what we're doing now whether you like it or not this is what we're we're engaged in whether you like it or not because oftentimes being in human condition people are like I don't like it it's broccoli right I I don't like it okay too bad <laughs> this is where we're at right now broccoli but they We've haven't got, d- they, you know what though <clears throat> they haven't broccoli enough. There's different versions of broccoli. Right. I get it. Yeah. Right? So, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. We have to get over that first hurdle and just automatically just push them into it. This is what we're doing. We're broccoliing. Right? Of course. Would you like to eat the pizza? Would you like to eat all this stuff? Fries and all this other goo? Yeah. Of course. Of course. But this is where being a parent or whatever, this is, you're introducing them to this thing. This is you, what we but do. You, but you got to figure it out. Ready? <clears throat> do, do you like it boiled? Do you like your broccoli boiled? Jesus, you are Irish. Who the hell boils broccoli? Not me. I hate it because I grew up Irish. Do you like it steamed? Are you from Are you from Asia? Do you like it steamed, or do you like it in the oven? Well, who the hell likes it raw? <laughs> no, I know people eat it unless raw. you dunk it in like six buckets of goo. No, but think. Hold on, let's go through it right, real quick. This is a great way to end. All right, versions of broccoli. We can go raw. We can boil it. We can steam it. This is our expert, broccoli expert. Yep. Steam it in the oven with some olive oil, but not too hot because it turns into a carcinogen. Or we could do it on the grill. So we have raw, boiled, steamed, oven, grill. You could also put it in a soup. Oh, in a soup. Oh, ready? Here's one. 
famous dish from the 80s, chicken tetrazzini. <laughs> My friend would do it with the mushroom soup and the cheese, and then she put tons of broccoli. <laughs> I was like, I know it. It was like, hey, which way is the heart attack? It's over this way. Stop. I'm going <laughs> right, to. Right, but broccoli soup. Why don't we throw some bacon in there just to top it off? <laughs> You know, that would have made it a little bit more palatable. It would have, but it also would have made it more deadly. Wait, your mom threw bacon in that? Dude, was more deadly, dude? You must be German. You must be German. You put the bacon in. Rock on, brother. (laughs) So, but think of all the different versions of broccoli. Yeah. So you can't just give Mm -hmm. one and be like, yeah, I don't like broccoli. We're going to go through this in in different permutations. Yeah. So we can kind of, because you know what? You kind of need the nutrients. Right. So you need the, the fiber. Yeah. And I would sell it this way too. This is the final word. And you'll, you can have that a final, final word. As adults, we need to build fluidity into our children. So when they're older, they're not rigid. And I joke with my students that rigid people <clears throat> that lose their mobility, fall, break a hip and die. And interestingly, <laughs> fluidity of physical fluidity can be analogous to and linked to mental fluidity, which means that you are more flexible and nimble in learning new things and avoiding dementia and Alzheimer's. And I just rocked my own brain. Oh, and you totally it's rocked so tough my body. To, it's so tough to rock my own brain, but I did. You did, and you rocked my body. This is a good one. Thank you this for is awesome. joining us on this is another a good one. fantastical journey into the tennis rocks. <laughs> <laughs> tennis rockers, baby! All for now. You know you want? Why does he think he's Axl Rose? I don't it's know. It's the best line All ever. for now. <laughs> <laughs>